0: Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have my special guest, Ashley Stiles, here with us today. Ashley, thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Ashley, I am super excited to share your story with everyone listening, but I'd love for you to just kind of give us a little introduction about who you are and and what you do today.
1: Sure. So, uh, Ashley Stiles, I'm the CEO and founder of Tribe Development Company. So, we're a real estate development and consulting firm based in Colorado. Awesome. Okay, so tell us where you started. Give us a little bit of background. <laughs> um, so, I, so I guess just for a little bit of context, I've been out on my own with um, Tribe for the last two years. Um, prior to that, I was with um, a large national development company also based in Colorado in Loveland and in Denver and had a chance to work on some really great mixed-use projects that actually led to me being able to go out and develop Tribe. Um, But history and context, so my career started in the design world, and I went to school for architecture uh, for four years. Um, I did not graduate with an architecture degree. It was not the right fit for me, and I was kind of trying to figure my way through, um, you know, how do I find the right fit? I've always been really artistic and creative, uh, like problem solving. And so I came to Fort Collins um, in like 99 to visit some friends. And while I was here, um, they had a great relationship um, with a gentleman named Bruce Hendy. He went on to be the director of sustainability for the city of Fort Collins um, and created a lot of really amazing master plan concepts for the town. Um, But he, at that time, owned his own studio. And so I went and visited with him, and I was like, this is it. This is what I've been missing. This is, you know, community creating. This is really creative this is more than math and physics related to architecture, which I loved, but I was still like missing that connection to people um, through design. And so made a wholesale change, transferred to CSU, um, very few credits transferred, and started over in another five year program um, and got my landscape architecture degree from CSU. And then worked in that industry um, for probably close to 10 years, and uh, was able to work on a lot of um, high-end estates uh, not really residential but estates and uh, international resort projects and so that's where I really started to learn about branding and um, how to create ambassadors through the projects that you uh, design uh, which I've used you know forward through my development career
0: Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Okay, so you made a comment about community and that you just really enjoyed You realized that when you made that transition, that kind of idea of creating community, what what about that makes you tick? I mean, what is exciting to you about creating community?
1: So the basis of my company, so I am a uh, Chickasaw citizen, um, which is why my company is called Tribe. Um, And it's always been a really big part of my life and something that I'm really proud of. And when you think of that, and, and maybe not everyone would understand the community that's associated with it, um, as the Chickasaw Nation, we're really well-established. Uh, we've got a lot of community engagement, a lot of outreach to the rest of our citizens. And so it was something that's just been kind of ingrained in me. I moved a ton growing up, but that, that was always kind of this spot for me where I got to connect back to my people, right, yeah. uh, literally. <laughs> and, um, And so I've always really enjoyed that. And because we moved so often, I was always trying to find ways of feeling like I was part of something in these places in which, you know, not necessarily, you know, part of uh, my nation. So um, when I look at projects, I'm trying to do the same thing. So it's how do we create this touch point for people that they get to connect with? I always think you either have to inspire someone, aspire with them. Um, or it needs to be a reflection of who they uh, already identify as, right? So when you're thinking through projects, it's kind of like my little key points. It's, are we, you know, where are we in that spectrum of of creating? So. Oh
0: my gosh, that's awesome. That's funny. Do you think that, um, you know, you're moving a lot was part of, like, how you've been able to develop such a connection with other people and just be
1: open to those relationships? Absolutely, right? So as a kid, if you move a lot you, you get good at two things. One, like just putting yourself out there, right. And, and meeting others, but then you're also really good on your own because it takes a little bit to like (laughs) figure out where things are, um, both like geographically and emotionally, like as you're you're creating. Um, and so, you know, one of my favorite things is, you know, I just remember we would always move and be like, let's go find the grocery store. Like that was like the first (laughs) thing that we would go do. Right. Um, and yeah, so it was, you know, I was not an army brat, um, but it was, every two years we were somewhere new um and so it was it was interesting and really kind of pushed you to to be uh relationship building and i still have a lot of those relationships today
0: yeah that's awesome i moved also like pretty much every two years my whole life and i i think that is being the new kid on the block constantly uh helps you kind of learn how to be comfortable in that space yeah. and um and and also empathize with people who are the new kid on the block or the new kid in the group or the new kid at the event and um and help kind of just have some some empathy for them
1: yeah absolutely and then layer in like being like the artistic weird you know <laughs> like, like new kid because i never strayed really from who i am okay yeah. <laughs> well, so it's good yeah it's yeah. good that yeah. you didn't have to re-identify you- every time that's right, but it was a uh, character building. That's right, <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. You you've also mentioned about branding, and that that's really where you learn to do branding. Can you tell us more about what you mean when you say that?
1: Yeah, so some of the first projects I got to work on, design wise, um, and probably one of the longest clients that um, I worked with was the Four Seasons. Um, I got really lucky in um, being able to to work with them on on several resort projects and. If you think about, so this was in the 2000s, um, like early on, Um, I have to always think back of like how long ago, because I keep thinking that I'm still like in my 30s. Okay. Um, But uh, they were, you know, before we even started talking about like experiential design, things, you know, you can take so many cues from hospitality and but the four seasons was really out front so when you went to the four seasons you didn't even need to see signage you knew that you were there um it was an experience from like you know how you were greeted uh to the smell you know they've got proprietary sense which now every um hotel does for the most part um but they had that um they had a lot of um you know kind of key performance indicators that they would use around the engagement of their visitor and then you know, they kept a log of the things that you requested when you would visit their properties um, so that when you would check in again, like the concierge or the staff already knew that you like X kind of pillow or that, you know, you made, you bought a robe or you bought, um, you know, some of uh, kind of the uh, beauty care and they would make sure that that's what they had in your room, right? And so it was those types of additional steps that just really created, people to be loyal to that brand and to you know further that be brand ambassadors that would be out there kind of speaking about you in a positive way to to their friends and family um, that would drive additional visitors to to the project and so they were really great at that and now you can see that we're we've been trying to implement those same types of philosophies through projects through mixed-use development um, which I'm hoping will extend past just mixed-use Um, But we're really trying to curate something that feels special to you and unique to you, even if it's, you know, to a massive amount of people.
0: That's such a cool way of, um, you know, it's like we've kind of become accustomed to some of that experiential kind of experience and engagement now, but they were really doing it back before most people had a clue. And it's way interesting before. How, way before, yeah, and it's interesting how it correlates whether it's in the macro or the micro. you know it's like that just taking notice of someone and what they care about, what's important to them, um, whether it's one on one or an organization that wants to engage with their customers on a bigger level, it's all mm-hmm. sort of the same kind of tactics or things that we use to to do that.
1: yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when I say I want to see it like more, you know, than just in, you know, mixed use, I want to extend it past that visitor experience, right? So um, I think part of what drove me to create Tribe was that I felt like there was a disconnect between the places in which I was creating and then the environments in which I was functioning in. And I wanted them to be more seamless. And so I wanted, everybody wants to feel valued in the work that they're doing and the communities that they're part of. And so I want to be able to drive that back to corporations as well to say, not only like how are we planning and designing your space to help facilitate better relationships with your staff, but then what are we doing socially to help drive that as well? I mean, we know, you know, you look at any study around recruiting and retaining talent, and we've got a talent deficit. And so what are people going to do to help really create ambassadors within their own companies this isn't just about ambassadors of projects and cool places we get a visit but how do we create that ambassadorship to the organizations that we create
0: so yeah it's, it's huge and like you said when there's a lack of talent or the, the pool is smaller you know doing those things that really set you apart what do you guys do at tribe i mean how do you see that you do that
1: so i think that there has to be I always love when people kind of talk about like the unspoken rules in corporate culture um, or just it doesn't even have to be corporate culture. It can be, you know, a five-person company and, you know, what you're messaging is one thing, but what's actually being done is something different. And it's really about unifying those things and so that we can make sure that um, there's real true alignment between those because then you can recruit the people who reflect that, right? Or again, aspire to be in that. Um culture and communities so that you can have that retention that's so critical. But it's really about, it's not just about brand and storytelling. It's, you know, you gotta, you gotta walk the talk. So
0: yeah, that's huge. Thank you for sharing. And I'm so I'm curious a little more about your journey. So how did you how did you I mean have you been passionate about being a business owner and an entrepreneur your whole life? Or were you how did you get to this point where you sort of transitioned from
1: working in a company on projects to Uh, Having your own company? Good question. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yes, I think I've always been really entrepreneurial. Um, You know, the company I was previously with, uh, when I came in, I was a team of one, and they were very entrepreneurial. They still are, but they've they've grown, you know, significantly. And so, um, you know, as you grow and get big, you've got process and, and things that come in that might decrease. The level of entrepreneurship that you can have, but that's just a people, that's like a number of people thing. Um and so, you know, for me, it was, I think that when you you start to acknowledge that you are running up against the same kind of hurdles every time, um, you need to be able to have awareness and perspective enough to step back and say, is this something that is like a process challenge within an organization, or is this because I'm no longer fitting? Where they're going, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think a lot of times we try and change how we're doing things to fit the environment that we're in. Um, But I think just as important, it's acknowledging, okay, if this, if I'm feeling this rub, then it's probably felt on the other side too. And so, you know, is this fixable, or is this something that I've got to look at as being, you know, more systemic and in my career path um, that I need to make a change? And so, those things were happening um and i really wanted the ability to have more creative freedom and that was getting farther away from what i was doing on a on a daily basis and you know through some of the you know high profile projects i had a chance to work on is really what led me um to the clients that i'm working with today that i wouldn't have been able to help them um had i stayed so it was it was a bit of give and take on both sides. It was, you know, we're getting really big. We're losing some entrepreneurial spirit. And, you know, I've got friends and relationships that would really love my help that I can't help because I, I work for somebody else, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a big catalyst for me to be able to make that change. But I do think it's important that you acknowledge, you know, like, are you happy? Um, and are you getting to, you know, I said, one day I just woke up and knew, like, I'm not showing up as my whole self. Like, I feel like I'm compartmentalizing so much of what makes me good at what I do um, because it's not really fitting anymore. And that's not sustainable, right? So you gotta be able to be someplace where you get to show up as your whole self.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, and thank you for sharing because I think that's huge. And it feels like even, you know, in the midst of COVID and sort of this new reality we're all living in, there's a sense of that sort of like, am I showing up? as my whole self like how do I make these adjustments and have you experienced any kind of thing that we might be able to learn from during this situation as you kind of are are in a new space as well
1: oh yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) um oh my gosh we've learned so many things um you know I joke that it's like oh cool COVID hit like a year and a half into me owning my own business like no problem um, you know real easy to navigate but I've had um, really great friends um, that are also business owners that have said none of us have navigated this so don't think that you're at a disadvantage we're all figuring this out um, and so that was reassuring and helpful to hear I think that the biggest part for me is that I am um, when I am social I am highly social and then I like time um, to be on my own I think what COVID has done is um, the isolation that you can feel from COVID um, Zoom meetings are great. I think that it was, you know, something that we all needed to break into, but it's different. It's um yeah. you don't get that same kind of you get some reciprocal energy back, but it's so different from those in-person interactions. And so when people question if we'll go back to in-person, it's like hundred percent we will, <laughs> you know, we need it for our souls. Even if you're an introvert, I think, you know, we need it. The the levels vary. Um, but yeah, I think you know, being really mindful of you know, especially as being like a business owner, how are you reaching out? How are you making meaningful social engagements with others? But then also like, what do you need? Um, has been a really good lesson for me and just making sure that you're being aware of not only your mental health, but others. Um, cause this is, it's been a lot longer than any of us thought it would be.
0: Yeah, that's huge. I mean, we were, I was on a panel the other day and they were talking about, um, you know, just at the beginning of this, it was this idea of, wait it out kind of like let's not make any of these big decisions until we're through this and that really this transition has happened where you have to start making decisions in the midst of it and figuring out what it looks like right now in the midst of it because there's really not the opportunity to just wait this thing out like maybe in the beginning everyone thought or or was hoping it would be and um it is and i'm with you i mean this whole like digital thing is great like it has definitely added some ease to certain situations but I just so miss that human connection and that ability, like the energy that we get from one another in those encounters. And I mean, I walk out of experiences with people and I feel so alive and so inspired. And then, you know, I get off a zoom meeting. I'm like, well, that was great. But, uh, you know, yeah, let's, okay. What's next? You know? Um, yeah, it is definitely a different reality as you look, kind of look at your life. You know, the, the idea and the, and the whole kind of premise of this show is just to, Talk through social capital and how the value really of our relationships and how they can be instrumental in the course of our life. Um, You obviously, I know what we've talked off record, you know, most of your jobs, if not all of your jobs, came through personal connections and introductions. And um, the reason that you've been able to leave and, and go and do your own thing has really been because of these relationships that wanted you involved in their projects that you just weren't able to, and that that was a big piece. Can you share with us just a little bit about your thoughts on social capital and? and how you've built
1: your network? Yeah, I think is the most important factor of me being successful is my network. Um, and, you know, even I would say like back when I didn't know like how that would, would pan out, I've, I've always been very mindful of maintaining it. So I think that that's the, that's the piece that is, is more critical than size. Now I've got like a, a really large network, but I, um, have really maintained it and, um, have been mindful of like checking in with people and, and making sure that those interactions are, um, something that is beneficial to them as well. And not just like, Hey, you know, how are you? Um, or coffees or whatever. It's, it's really finding a way of, um, having meaningful connection, um, with that network. So yeah, I have, um, it was fun I had to put together a resume for like a panel of something the other day and I realized that it was the first resume I've put together in more than a decade wow. and so every job I have had has been um through referrals or just knowing people and then you know it matching up really well with what their needs were um but yeah I have not had a had to put together a resume in a really long time and you know it is a hundred percent what allowed me to start my own company um, is. I'm only consulting um, for friends and um, people that matched kind of like what my, my culture and intent were for the company. So um, I've been, I'd like to say that I've been fortunate in that, but it was, it's been very mindful, especially later, um, these last like probably 10 years of my career has been very intentional around, you know, who is in my network and how are we kind of reciprocal, you know, what, how is that reciprocal relationship working between us So.
0: Yeah, that's huge. I mean, you you said a couple of things about just like maintaining and then adding value and sort of that mutually beneficial piece of it. It's so huge because you sometimes you get in these things or we know people who come and it's kind of always about them. And you walk out of a meeting and it was like a lot about what you could do for them, but not really much at all about what your needs might be or how they could maybe be a part of that for you. And that's that is always coming up as kind of one of the biggest things is just understanding the value add and how we can do that um you know
1: mutually yeah it has to be mutual yeah i mean and to your point like i have left that where i just feel like i was just so pumped for information that all i did was like give free work to people right especially now like before i would say like you know when i worked for somebody else not to like you know i i maintained any proprietary information (laughs) Um, But it felt different. Right. And now it's like, I'm on my own. And what I do is, you know, part of who I am and my brand. And so really making sure that, you know, even those relationships that I have always kind of felt like were more one sided, um, you definitely start thinking about differently. And the time that you're willing to allocate to those um, is different. And so yeah, it has to be meaningful engagements. And it has to be reciprocal um and i feel like all of the the people that are are really strong in my network and that i really you know have um leveraged would say the exact same thing about the relationship with me
0: so. yeah i am um, and and i so appreciate the opportunity that you've given me to to talk to you and, and our meeting um outside of this it's just been you've been a real blessing to just share that time with me oh, and thanks. so i appreciate that and um, and I'm learning from you every time I connect with you, which is really fun, and so I hope there's something that I can do in the future to, to inspire and, and, and help you as well, add value to your life. Um, you know, we've laughed a little bit about how, you know, because you're on so many panels, and you you're, have the opportunity to speak to so many people, and you jokingly have said that you're like the token female developer, uh, but can you tell us a little bit <laughs> just about what that experience is like?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really <laughs> good segue from the le- So I think when we were speaking before it's it has always been really important to me that if there are other women in this industry that I am making time to connect with them. So don't think that just because you might not have something that is like a fair trade in the moment is that there is somebody who is willing to commit time and um resources to help aid like where you want to go, but then just keeping in the back of your mind like you know, this needs to be a reciprocal relationship, and maybe it's not out of the gate, but it just can't continue to always be like a one-sided thing. But, um, it's it's really important to me that I'm I'm there for other women in this industry, because it's I will say that the the worst part about it is that there's just not very many senior women, and I think we'll get there. But it's about facilitating those relationships with people who want to be part of this and giving them paths forward, um, and making sure that they have i you know i always say that sponsorship is more important than mentorship right because what you need is a sponsor who's going to be there to recommend you to be in the room to be considered for panels to be considered in articles uh to be considered in boards and you need that person who's going to sponsor and champion you Um, and that's what's really hard and that's why there's so few of us because it just doesn't happen and so yeah you end up being you know i always say the air is thin and uh there's only a handful of women i think you know we've from social programming um have felt maybe like it's more competition than um allyship and i'm hoping that that's changing uh i know it's definitely changed for me i don't feel like i'm in competition with you know i'm friends with all of the women that are (laughs) occupying the same space um and but yeah i think that we've got to we've got to make some significant um concentrated effort to to bring in younger women um, and have them feel welcome.
0: Yeah, it's huge. And I, I've been reading some stuff that's kind of scary about the changes that are happening through COVID and just sort of the sort of setbacks in, in a way that women are facing in the, in the business world during all of this. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: You know, I will say, like, for me, I've I've definitely seen a couple of articles that are more related to about women having to make choices around staying home because education of children is up in the air. And so I think that that's really um, significant and something for for businesses to be thinking about how do they hold on to and retain women in their workforce um, because of the challenges that they'll face around education and kids and just the delay of kids going back to school. Um, So I do think that we've got to be flexible. I think that that will affect more than women, but of course, disproportionate to women. Um, And, you know, it's, there's things that I've been trying to navigate through during this time to make sure that as opportunities come up, I'm prepared. So I also believe that this is, uh, you're in charge of how you want your um, path, you know, to look and, and the career in which you want to have. And so you have to make sure that you're prepared for those opportunities, um, and so i'm this is not a plug for Deloitte, but we can plug Deloitte. okay, so they've got this amazing uh, board readiness program, and so one thing that I've always wanted to be able to do later in my career is have paid board positions um and as you know, there's been really big pushes out of um, v c and private equity to say, you know, we won't fund you if you don't have women on your board, but then there's like a lack of prepared women to sit yeah. on these boards, and so they've done a really good job in reaching out to the Denver market to women who have served on boards um, to give us better skills and to be ready um, to serve. And so those are some of the things I think that you can proactively search out as a woman in the industry to make sure that, you know, when the opportunity arises and somebody does say, this person would be great, you're ready, so.
0: Absolutely, and just taking that, that responsibility for where you're going is so huge. You know, we talk about that sometimes too. It's like, you have to be actively pursuing these things and it might look like luck but really it's it's been this active pursuit that nobody else really maybe paid attention to that then helped you be prepared when that opportunity presented itself
1: yeah i don't know if i'm just like i don't really believe in like the luck i think that you you create your own right so you've you've either fostered good luck for yourself or or you've just been waiting for something good to happen to you
0: absolutely now, in the essence of, like, social capital, you know, I, I like to just find out what what do you consider are, like, maybe the, the key ingredients to creating these strong relationships that really add value in your network?
1: Um, so, I think that you have to find people that you feel, like, inherently aligned with, right? Um, so, I think honesty and transparency is key. Um, I think it's really hard to form a relationship with somebody if you don't totally understand where they live or, you know, the space in which they occupy um, both from like a personal level and from a business level. Um, so I think that that alignment is, is critical. Um, and I would say that, you know, I spend a lot of time. I always joke that I, I gained self-awareness late in life, but I did. Okay. (laughs) Um, and I, I work a lot about understanding the other ways in which people communicate. Um, because it's not something that is inherent to my character. So I'm a really big driver. I, you know, like any personality test I take, it's like, you know, dominant or it's like red or it's like (laughs) something very aggressive, okay? (laughs) And so I've spent a lot of time thinking about like, okay, well, one, how is that perceived by others, which I think helps. Um, But then also, you know, like how, how do I modify the way that I communicate so that it's really beneficial to them? Um, And we're, we're a better productive, you know, highly uh, functioning team. And I think about that from like, you know, all relationships. And so how people receive, it's like most of the time in business, we always think about how do we deliver criticism or negative feedback. But I also think like, I like to start off with like, how do you like to be praised? Right. So like, how do you hear it? Some people will just need to be told, good job. Some people, you know, you have to, like, actually show them, um, you know, through some type of, like, physical thing. Um, and, you know, others are really about, you know, they want time with you um, to understand that they've done a good job. And, and so you can't just say good job and think that that, like, checks the box for everybody. Um, and so I think I, I spend more time on the positive side because once you know that, then you know that they're going to receive negative feedback in the exact same way. That's huge. Or constructive that's like, feedback. Yeah. Yeah, right.
0: Constructive. Yeah. But I mean, but we have to have both some of both, right? In order to actually grow. Yeah. And and I think that's huge, just understanding. I've been I was just recently talking to someone about that. It's like uh, the five love languages. You know, most it's people exactly read that from. book. Yeah. Yep. And it's that yeah. idea that, you know, it's like, man, I can really show love, uh, but someone else may not receive it at all. Uh, and may may be starving for affection or starving for love exactly. because they just haven't been able to speak to them in the language that yeah. they that they receive I realized recently I'm like man sometimes I feel like God, I must starve people for affection because I'm not I mean I love to like hug and stuff but I'm not like overly you know touchy-feely I, like I'm not in you know I don't do all that and then I realized like even my dogs sometimes are looking at me like hey could you you know throw me a pet here and there you know could you I'm like hey I really need to continue yeah. to work on that because it's not that I don't have that that love or affection for them I just show it in a way that's different than
1: what they may we were looking yeah. for it in and it's it's huge to do that exactly yeah you show it in usually the way in which you receive right and you don't necessarily acknowledge so it's 100 percent from that book my team um my previous team would always joke you know that i used it i referenced it a lot i still have not read the book okay <laughs> um but it was given to me as a gift it's behind me somewhere um as a joke uh, that i really needed to read the book but um, but it was a lot of what we talked about as a team. And, you know, I realized, you know, through that, you know, you can do cliff notes. It's pretty easy. But, um, you know, I'm a time person. So the way that I feel valued um, is time. And if I need to, you know, have constructive feedback given to me, it's got to be through a, a mechanism in which I feel like, um, you know, I am I'm valued. And they're spending their time with me to, like, tell me, like, these are the things that aren't working. Um, and that's the, the better way for me to receive all types of, you know, positive or negative feedback is, is through time spent. And so it was really interesting how much the dynamic on my team changed once we kind of realized, and we started from the praise piece, right? It's like, how do I tell you that you're doing a good job? And now it's a question I ask people in interviews um, is, you know, how do you prefer that? And and most of the time in an interview, you're always trying to say the right thing. I'm like, no, 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 here are the categories. You got to tell me which one you're in um, because you always be like, oh no, I just, you know, I'm a hard worker and, but, you know, because you're trying to make a good impression. But in reality, it's like, no, be honest about who you are. And, and so that we can communicate out of the gate in a really good way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any, you know, speaking of books, do you have any books or podcasts or shows or anything that you either like, Really recommend people listen to, or that you're still listening, or watching, or reading.
1: So I'm bad. Like I, I have taken a break from reading business books. Um, so I'm only reading like books in which I want to read, um, and because I needed like a good mental mental break. Um, but my podcast. So um, I love how I built this. Okay. Um, I think that it's really um, cool to hear. You know, like entrepreneurs' paths. What I also like about that podcast is that. Um, you know, they don't just make it look easy because it is really not easy to go out on your own and to take the risk of doing so. And then, you know, how many things you do badly and how many times you fail. And it's something that I don't think we talk about a lot. Um, we just try to make it, you know, look like the success at the end. But in reality, it's like brutal okay, Yeah. yeah. Uh, and all the things you have to learn um, and, and be okay with that and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep going and not give up. Um, yeah. so there, that podcast is really good. Um, I listen to the daily every day, um, okay. because I get my, my quick news. Um, and then, um, I like, it's called, um, oh shoot. Uh, it is from Bethany McLean from the wall street journal and Oh, making a killing. Okay. Um, and so what Bethany is, um, really great at is that, uh, she will take different you know entrepreneurs and leaders and um focus a lot on kind of like the tactical parts of business um while also bringing in some of the social components so it's it's a little bit more in depth um than kind of you know like just the history and storytelling part of a business so those are my go-to's
0: awesome well we'll have those in the show notes because i think that's one of the things i love the most is just understanding what people are listening to and getting exposed or reading um, to just kind of further that, that, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's, it's awesome to hear other people's stories, and then we're able to kind of glean from that, and find a, a way to utilize it in our own space, and be inspired by
1: that, so, yeah, so those are awesome, I just wrote those down, too, um, and I yeah. just finished Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, I think everybody oh, has yeah. read, right, but that was, like, one of my COVID reads, um, and right now, I'm reading The Night Watchman, and I'm totally blanking on the author, but that's what I'm reading right now, it's, um, it's really good, but. Glennon Doyle, Untamed, last finished book. (laughs)
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah, someone else just told me about that. I went hiking this weekend and they were like, oh my gosh, if you watch it, and I downloaded it on um, Audible a while ago, but I haven't listened to it yet. So I'll have to uh, do that. Yeah, you got to do it. come up twice in one week.
1: Yeah, every woman should read it. It's really interesting. It's a lot about the – and I will say, I mean, it's good for men to read too. I mean, it really kind of starts to highlight some of the social programming we have around the roles in which we hold – um, and some of that kind of like unspoken bias that we have as women against ourselves. Um, so highly recommend that you read it and then you'll know why somebody will call you a cheetah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. I gotta do that. Yeah. I am, um, you know, so as you kind of look at your just your life and kind of where you are now, if you could have told yourself something, or if you are someone young lis- younger listening and who's just kind of getting started.
1: Do you have any sort of advice or thoughts that you would, you would say that you could
0: maybe get or say to yourself then?
1: Yeah. So I remind myself of a couple of things all the time. So as girls, uh, we're taught to be perfect. And boys are taught to be brave. And I think we need to be more brave. So we wait until we have something completely figured out. And we think that we have like the perfect scenario or that we've thought of all the things before we go and do And I think we need to learn to be more brave. I would have started a company before I was 40 had I done that. I did. I was barely before 40. I started this at 39. (laughs) I'm 41. Um, And, but I would have done it. Like, it's something that I wanted to do. And if I would have been more brave, um, I would have started so much sooner. And I feel like I would, you know, I mean, you can only you know, hindsight or whatever, but right. it started when it was supposed to. This is when the universe kind of aligned for me on the work I had done to date to be able to facilitate what I'm doing. But yeah, I wish that I had been more brave. Um, and I think that's something we need to tell ourselves. Um, so that's one. And then the other thing is that, um, I think we try and set up a lot of boundaries for ourselves, which I think on the surface that sounds really good, but now I've kind of my new mantra and how I'm moving through things is that I don't want to have boundaries, but I want to have higher standards. Okay. And so that way it's like, I'm not saying I'm crossing a boundary that I said I wouldn't, but I feel like whether it's in friendships or relationships or business, it's like just increase your standards and decrease the number of boundaries you have.
0: Oh my gosh, that's huge. Yeah, because I'm with you. It's like you, you boundary yourself into a corner sometimes and where if we can just make sure that we're keeping ourselves at the standard. That's a whole different way of looking at it that allows for a little bit more freedom in that space.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause you give yourself permission to change the way you felt about something where I think that that's really hard for all of us to do. Anyone who's been in like a long-term relationship knows that you just change those boundaries constantly. <laughs> um, I've been married for almost 20 years. And so I can totally attest to that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's been in business too. It's like, Oh no, I, you know, that's a boundary of mine. It's like, no, like get rid of the boundaries, but yeah. just make sure that your standards are where you want them.
0: Oh my gosh, that's huge. Well, and I so appreciate just you sharing your time with us that I'd love to know, like, I mean, before we kind of wrap up, are there any sort of final thoughts or anything that you just don't want to shut this down without having said?
1: Uh, no, I'm so glad you asked me about, like, the pieces that I tell myself because I do think that it's really important. Um, but then the other, you know, part of that, like, being brave, if you think you have an idea, and much like what you did to connect to me, like don't stop until you find a connection and be ready to fail and hear no a million times and just keep going until you hear one yes like one yes will like propel you through like 20 nos and so just keep keep going and you know don't give up on on the you know dream and the vision that you have for yourself i think is is so critical for everybody whether you're male or female um you know just don't give up
0: yeah i mean i hunted you down kind of i i you did you know <laughs> I, I i was like i've got to have her on my show and then the more i realized where i was in my own life i was like i just need to connect to her as a human and just understand more about how she got where she is and um and then luckily enough a, a mutual contact i finally i started going through my like rolodex in my mind thinking who can know her <laughs> who actually might know her, I'd I, like, you know, guessed on your email address, and I did all kinds of yes. stuff, and I'm, probably, I'm like, man, it's probably in my network somewhere, and sure enough, uh, Matt Jobble Absolutely. was was nice enough to connect yes. us, and he's been on the show before, too, so that Good was, Matt. um that was fun, but yeah, I definitely just appreciate your insight, and and you are an inspiration to, to people who are watching, and to just, you know, I saw you on Biz Now, and some of the things that you said there and I encourage you if you're listening or watching to go and check out um Ashley's uh, just any of the information I mean I googled you and was looking at your your uh, Facebook and your LinkedIn and and the articles that you've written for BizNow or the things that they've said about you and you definitely encapsulate that that idea of social capital really being a primary piece of how you operate and relationships really being a big part of how you Um, have gotten to where you are is that value that you put on them and uh, everything I've read that you've said as statements and everything it just is all in some alignment that I just couldn't help but get you on here and just have you share your story because you truly are um, an inspiration to to those of us who are still trying to figure out exactly where we fit in and how we're getting there but it's it's been fun
1: having you. Thank you I really appreciate that that just made my day Um, and know that you know It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. We're all still hustling and we're all still aspiring and we're all still working really hard and we're, we're all still trying to figure out where we go next. And, and so for me, I just feel like there's no top, right? Like, I still feel like I got a long way to go and, uh, and I'm excited about that journey.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that you're working on? I mean, I love to include um, anything that we can do to support you. So if you have anything that you're working on that you'd like to share that we could get behind you on, I'd love to hear about that.
1: Yeah, so we'll all be sharing soon. Um, I think I've got a couple new posts coming up on my website, but I'm working on the National Western Center with the CSU system. I'm really excited about the work that we're doing there and being able to, to have that be more public facing. Um, And so I encourage everybody to check out. SPUR is the name of the um, project and the campus. And so I encourage everybody to check that out. We'll be participating in Crush Walls this year, which is uh, very exciting, even though we're under construction. And and yes, I'm I'm hopeful to, to have more announcements related to that project very soon
0: well awesome well we look forward to following you and hopefully we can have you back on again here soon and um i will have all of your contact information in the show notes so that people can reach out to you that way as well but ashley thank you so much for being here today we really appreciate having you
1: thank you so much and thank you for your persistence i'm so glad we met (laughs) that's
0: what it's all about you know we want to we got to keep going no matter how foolish it seems i'm just glad you didn't think that i was like some weird stalker or
1: something i was like
0: (laughs) I don't know. That might be, that might've been bad, but, but thank you again for for responding and for being here.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: That's all for this episode of social capital expert, please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also be sure to check out our upcoming social capital mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.